way, it's Supergirl. See? Super girl. That's what happens when you touch my stuff. A Kryptonian girl with blonde hair and a bad attitude. She moved so fast that Lois didn't even know it hit her. A Kryptonian attacked Lois? Yeah, right before she came after me. Chloe, not only is she as strong as I am, she can fly. Well, sounds like we got ourselves a true supergirl. Okay, Krypton is gone. No. It exploded. You and I are the only survivors. Planets don't just explode, Kalau. Guess the humans are right, Kalau. Girls do much more faster than boys. Hello and welcome to Krypton's Last Daughter, a Supergirl podcast. This is episode zero and I'm your host, Andrew Panko. Hey everybody, how's it going? And welcome to this new podcast endeavor I've got going on right now. Um, If you've heard me from um, anything else, you've probably heard me on the Superman Family podcast, which is my flagship show. Um, This is something I've actually been thinking about for quite some time. Um, and really what this pod, this particular podcast is going to be about is going to, I'm going to be talking what this show is going to be about, what this show is going to be covering. I'm going to look at Supergirl, uh, not Supergirl, but Superman number 123. So strap yourself in and get ready for an, hopefully an enjoyable podcast. What I want to talk about first is, um, what this podcast is going to be about. Basically, this show is a very simple premise. Cover everything Supergirl from Supergirl number 252 all the way to her current age in 2011 in the new 52. That's, that's what the premise of this podcast is. And that's what we're going to be covering. I'm going to be looking at three different issues a week, uh, a month, not a week. That would be an awfully lot of work. And some guys do cover uh, three issues a week. But um, I don't have the time to do a weekly podcast, unfortunately. So um, you're going to get three issues a month. You're going to get in-depth synopsis, reviews, news, hopefully. Um, I'd like to read some emails on the show, so... If you all would love to email in and tell me what you're thinking about the show, uh, 
what you're thinking about the issues that I'm covering, fantastic. Um, really, I noticed a big need for a Supergirl podcast in the podcasting arena when I first decided to do the show. There really wasn't a, a show out there that covered Supergirl or her or her any of her stories except for maybe an audio drama, but that really didn't cover any Supergirl comics. Um, until Dan Reed's podcast, which is called uh, Supergirl's Cosmic Adventures. And if, Dan, you're listening, um, I'm not trying to step on your toes by any means. Um, Dan's show actually launched just just a month I think after he contacted me and probably realized that I wasn't really going to be doing this show until I'm look at here I'm actually doing the show um but Dan's podcast is is actually pretty good I think he's on hiatus right now but if you want to go check out his Supergirl podcast um please feel free I have a link up on my website um but I really told you what I'm going to be covering in this podcast, what this is going to be going through. I really want to be also, besides besides the Silver Age stuff, I'm going to be looking at her origin story in Superman Batman number 8 through 13. I'm going to be covering her Supergirls, uh, her, her series from 2005 moving forward and her new 52 uh, series, um, but I told you that already. I also really want to cover TV and movie appearances. Um, I'd like to cover some the the episodes of Superman the Animated Series that, that cover Supergirl. I want to look at uh, Smallville, because that's really where my Superman fandom starts. I'll get into that a little bit later on. I'd like, I'd like to look at Superman Batman Apocalypse. I really like to look at that. Um, so that's that's really what this podcast is about. What it's going to be covering, this, that, and the other thing. Um, I like. Let's dive in to Supergirl's history. Um, really, her history is kind of it's not sporadic per se, but it it it's in eras for sure, from the fifties in the Silver Age going all the way to the mid-80s in 85. That's about 35 years of Supergirl, and then we don't get anything until 2003 when she popped back up in the Superman-Batman title, and that's when she was reintroduced to the post-crisis. Supergirl really was introduced... But um, during that time, in the, from the 50s to the 80s, she was featured in many, many different titles, um, like Action Comics, Adventure Comics, Supergirl, Superman Family, Daring New Adventures of Supergirl, and finally, she, her final appearance was in Crisis on Infinite Earths, where she died. So... Um, and after the crisis, DC really wanted Superman to be the only surviving Kryptonian. 
um, following the, the crisis reboot and as a result DC did eventually reintroduce Supergirl although she was a protoplasm character type thing I'm not really sure what she is um, in the mid 90s but basically she was she was not Kryptonian um, DC really wanted to revamp the Supergirl concept and introduce several non-Kryptonian Supergirls it didn't really work for me being a Supergirl fan yes it looked like Supergirl but it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the Kara Zor-El that I came to know. Um, eventually, that was relaxed. They brought Kara Zor-El back in 2005, and she made her her reappearance in Superman, Batman, Supergirl. No numbering from Superman Batman number 8 to 13 and, that's, and when I say Superman Batman Supergirl that's the that's the DC trade paperback that I've that I've captured um, and that's where I, that's that's what I'm most familiar from so when I say that that's that those are the issues that I'm meaning um, but after after they introduced her in 2003 it took her two years to get her own title, so that that took a while. I'm not sure why it took a while. I mean, she popped up here and there, sporadically in the post-crisis, and when she finally got her her title in 2000, October of 2005, and that ran for six six years. And that's when DC decided to reboot 52 titles, which I guess I'll get into a little bit. Um, basically, my whole feeling on the new 52, I really don't have a problem with it per se. Yeah, some stories are convoluted. There are some writers that really shouldn't be writing, i.e. Grant Morrison. Um, anyway... Yeah, I'm not a huge Grant Morrison fan. I'm, I'm all right along the lines of Scott Gardner there. Um, Scott Gardner from the Two True Freaks. Um, so, I really don't have a problem with the New 52. I like the fact that they're rebooting and letting, letting casual fans jump on. The only one, the really the only problem I had with with rebooting was Action Comics and, and, and Detective Comics. Those two titles have been around since the 30s. And for them to reboot those two titles was a darn shame. Because now you have a new Action Number 1 and it really sullies the name of the first appearance of Superman in Action Comics that's coming from a fairly new Superman fan. I've never read Action Number One. I don't even know if it it's, it is a story to be read anymore. I mean, it's a very valuable comic. As a matter of fact, I read 
online today that eBay sold a, a copy of Action Number One for one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Really, who pays one hundred twenty thousand dollars for a comic book? Although it is Action Number One and it's extremely valuable, so especially if it's in mint condition. But um, enough of that. <laughs> um, let's move on to my history with the character Supergirl. My my history really started with Superman the Animated Series and you really don't get the full Supergirl story in Superman the Animated Series and she's not in Superman the Animated Series she's not really her cousin she's just some, some Kryptonian that Superman found on a deserted deserted uh, outpost I don't think it ever mentions that he that Kara's actually her his or her cousin or his cousin yeah Superman's cousin is Kara so maybe they do I don't really know I haven't watched that in a very very long time um, but I'm pretty sure that's how the story goes down. I really and I really enjoyed her, what they did, in in Superman the animated series. But I also liked what they did with her in, in Justice League, and Justice League Unlimited. Um, but I really didn't get the full Supergirl story until I picked up the Superman Batman Supergirl trade paperback and read through that and really got an appreciation for. The character of Supergirl and how strong she actually is, and um, I'm a huge Michael Turner fan. I've been a Michael Turner fan since that since that point. Um, so I it, and it was sad for me to learn that he had passed away uh, very very young. Um, so. But that's really where I started. And then when I learned that Smallville was bringing Kara on in Season 7, I was really, really excited because I really fall in love with this character of Supergirl. And they portrayed her pretty well. Um, I was pretty impressed with how they portrayed uh, Kara's character in Smallville. Uh, she was one of my favorite parts of season seven. She was really the only redeeming quality in season seven for me. Um, I mean, there were a lot of stuff in Smallville, and I hope to be covering that later on down the line. Some may, maybe there'll be a segment in my show. Um, look at like an episode portraying Dakara in Smallville or any in the or in the media. But really, my comic book history or really collecting comics, really started with Supergirl. And I didn't really start collecting seriously until after I came home from college. Because let's face it, what guy in college with no, hardly any spending money can spend can, can spend on hundreds of dollars on comics? I don't know about you all, but I was on a very shoestring budget in college. Um, and that's when I really started uh, collecting was in college and a little bit afterwards. But 
that was sporadic. So I really didn't seriously start until until after college, and I really started with the jumping on point for my collecting was Supergirl number forty four, and the codename Patriot story arc. I really really enjoyed that story arc. Yeah, some people may call the modern comics crap. I get it. I understand. Um, but that's really where my enjoyment for the modern age of Supergirl started. And then I went back and collected all the back issues, read issue number one, and I'm pretty much all caught up to the 2005 Supergirl series. And that's really the meat of... And that's why I'm so excited about this podcast and and um, that I want to cover that because it's very fresh and new in my mind and um, I'm really excited to be covering it. So, But let's move forward and jump into the, the pre-Kara Zor-El story in Superman 123 called The Three Magical Wishes of the Girl of Steel. Writer... Or the credits on this issue is uh, writer writer's auto binder. The artist is Al Plastino, and the cover date on this issue was August 1958, and the cover price was a measly ten cents. Boy, do I wish we could get comics for ten cents nowadays. The story opens with a flood and Superman rescuing flood victims by lashing together debris to make a raft. Meanwhile, Lois and Jimmy are in a helicopter covering the story. Lois tells Jimmy to continue taking pictures while she parachutes down to get the first-hand story of the flood. She tries to open her parachute, but it doesn't open. And when it doesn't open, Superman catches Lois. They have a conversation about Lois wanting to be his wife, but he tells her they, they can never be together because of the constant action and danger, and that only a Supergirl could keep up with him. Jimmy, hearing Superman's plight, wishes he could wish for a Supergirl, but he dismisses the idea because wishes were only fairy tales. Later, Superman asks Jimmy to help rescue an archaeologist trapped in a cave-in. They rescue him, and as payment for the rescue, the archaeologist wants to give Superman a gift, but Superman refuses. And instead, Superman asks him to give the gift to Jimmy when they return to the city. Later that night, the archaeologist gives Jimmy a totem that grants three w- wishes once every century when the jewel is rubbed under a full moon. And Jimmy jokingly says that he would try it tonight because there is a full moon. Not really believing, Jimmy rubs the jewel and wishes for a Supergirl so Superman wouldn't be lonely anymore. He goes to bed believing this would never happen, but unbeknownst to him, it does actually work, and Supergirl was the first of the three wishes that the totem would grant. The next day, Superman is out patrolling when a plane goes goes out of control, and Supergirl rushes past him to save the plane, and Superman can't believe his eyes. She told Superman that Jimmy wished, wished her into existence, that she has all his powers and will be his constant companion. Superman tells Supergirl he must thank Jimmy, and they fly off to the Daily Planet. Meanwhile, Jimmy is telling Lois all about what he wished for that didn't come true when all of a sudden, Superman and Supergirl land, and Jimmy is completely stunned. When they leave, Lois is overcome with jealousy 
because she wants Superman all to herself and almost cancels Jimmy's wish, but she doesn't. Meanwhile, Superman and Supergirl are out on patrol when they spot a fire. They both try using their super breath to blow out the fire twice as quick, but instead they blew the roof right off the building. They both retrieve the roof and put it back on the building, and Superman wonders if this was a good idea or not. Later, we see Superman and Supergirl at a bank with a teller trapped inside the vault. They use their heat vision, which was kind of weird because it looked like, because in the story it said it was, they used x-rays, but apparently that's the heat vision of the Silver Age. If someone could write in and confirm or deny that, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, But the combined use of the heat vision blows up the vault. Superman comments that the teller luckily wasn't hurt. And Supergirl cries that she's being more of a hindrance than a help to Superman. After the repairs are made at the bank, Superman suggests they split up so this won't happen again. Supergirl agrees and they fly off in separate directions. Later, they find they both find out that an elevator cable has snapped in a building, and when the bomb and when the bomb when they both attempt to rescue the people in the elevator, they both smack into each other like two oncoming cars in a head-on collision. Superman directs Supergirl to grab another ca- the other cable so they both can lift the elevator together. He comments to Supergirl that they, that they don't meet at the same job later and they separate once again. Superman decides to land and assume his human identity of Clark Kent. Later, as Clark and Lois are on assignment, Supergirl flies by and completely ruins his secret identity right in front of Lois. Clark tries to backpedal, but it doesn't work, and Lois yells at Clark. We, we get a Clark thought bubble, thinking, Man, this Supergirl chick is really becoming a super annoyance. Later, Superman and Supergirl meet up, and Superman is pretty upset about Supergirl ruining his identity, and who could blame the poor guy? He tells her to go away and leave him alone. She tells him that she can't blame him, and that she's been a more hindrance and not much of a help, and Superman flies away. Outside the city, Superman spots a train track, washed out, and a train heading towards the washout. Superman quickly flies down and lifts the bridge, so that a train could go across. However, a conveniently plane, a, a convenient plane flown by a common criminal waiting to get Superman drops a piece of kryptonite, which weakens Superman. But fortunately for him, Supergirl swoops down and nabs a piece of kryptonite. And she exclaims, because she's not from Krypton, she's immune from the effects of kryptonite. However, later this doesn't end up being the case, and she is in such a weakened condition from the kryptonite, she has to crawl away to find help. She gets to Jimmy's apartment eventually, and she begs him to rub the jewel and wish her away, because she's no good to Superman anyway. Jimmy finally does comply, and we get a sweet little um, exchange between the two of them. Jimmy says that uh, he will never forget her, and then she disappears. Later at the Daily Planet, Clark has written a love note to Lois, declaring his love for her. 
And Lois figures if he really was Superman, he wouldn't dare ask her to marry him. Later that night, Jimmy is at his apartment, and he is thinking that his first wish didn't turn out very well, and wants to make it up to him using his second wish. And that's where the issue ends. And because I'm not going to be covering the other two, um, mainly because they're Superman stories and not Supergirl stories, um, the notes on, on this issue, I really like the cover. Um, I'm, like, I've, like I've said before, I'm not really familiar with most of the Silver Age stories. And I've never really seen Al Plastino art before now. Um, and I'm reading this, th- these Supergirl stories from Showcase Presents. Um, but the art is pretty good. Um, I've n- never had a problem with the art. Um, page one. Superman versus the forces of nature. I love it when I see things like this. This reminds me a lot of Tempest in Season 1 of Smallville, when Clark goes up against a tornado. It's just something really cool about Superman versus the forces of nature. I just find something cool about that. Um, Lois constantly wanting to marry Superman in the Silver Age. That That's kind of funny to me. It's almost like she's throwing herself at Superman purposefully, and just to just so she can have an excuse to be in his arms. <laughs> That's kind of funny. But, um... I also had a note. It was like, really, Lois? Who the flip parachutes in the middle of a flippin' flood? <laughs> That's a little stupid. Um, a complete disregard for her safety, but I don't think she really cares because she knows Superman's going to be around. Um... Page three, what can Jimmy really do to prevent a landslide? I mean, really? What help could he possibly be? Um, and him wishing for a Supergirl, for Superman? I mean, Jimmy, come on, dude. You could wish for absolutely anything. Grand, you didn't really believe it. But still, I mean, you had, you had any wish you could have wished for. Um, page four, love the look on Superman's face when Supergirl first shows up. Completely stunned, uh, very, very surprised. And, uh, Superman doesn't look shocked, that shocked all that often. Uh, page five, love the fact that Jimmy was all disbelieving and then Superman and Supergirl show up and the, just the look on Jimmy's face is completely priceless. That and Lois being completely jealous and all the crocodile tears because you can't have Superman it just it, it, it just added humor to it um, page 6 the couple of things that Supergirl tries to help Superman with <laughs> didn't end up working out too well um, and really making the vault door explode was a little a little goofy you, I don't think heat vision would make a vault door explode. It would just melt the <laughs> melt the metal doubly fast. Um, page 
page eight, I love the fact the Supergirl just ruined a, a, a pant load of years um, Clark to work or Superman worked at disguising himself as Clark Kent. All that work bl- blown because of this little nuisance. Um, page nine, there is no way Supergirl would even be able to get close to that kryptonite. She would, she'd be weakened before she even got there. And really, what's up with the with a convenient plane, with a bad guy with a grudge against Superman just appearing and just dropping a piece of kryptonite for no random reason? Um, I, I thought that was kind of funny. And page ten, the love note. That that was kind of kind of cute, um, because Lois knows that. Superman would never put her in danger like that. I just found her reasoning to be kind of comical. But overall, I really enjoyed this story. I haven't, like I said, I haven't read a lot of Silver Age stories, and I'm really, really excited to be covering um, this era of Supergirl. And I'm excited about covering her run in 2005 and her new run in Supergirl, the new 52. I'm just overall excited to be doing this podcast, and I'm so glad you guys have decided to come with me on this new podcasting endeavor that I've done. Um, Next month, I'm going to be looking at Action Comics number 252, Superman, Batman number 8, and Supergirl new 52 issue 1. I'm really excited to be doing this, guys. I'm not going to lie. Please uh, check out the website and um, email in. And you'll get that all in the outro here coming up in just a couple minutes. I think that's going to do it. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you guys next month. Have a great one. You have been listening to Krypton's Last Daughter, a Supergirl podcast, hosted by me, Andrew Pinkham. Supergirl, as well as all other characters I talk about on this show, as well as any music I use, are copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. The website for this show is supergirlpodcast.wordpress.com, where you'll find the RSS feed, the podcast, the iTunes link, news, and a whole lot more. The email is supergirlpodcast at gmail.com. And let's face it, guys, I love lots of emails, so don't be afraid to write in, alright? You can also like the Facebook page. Just type Krypton's Last Daughter into Facebook. Or check out the website for more details. The opening theme to the show, as well as all other original music, is written and produced by Kevin McLeod. Supergirl is created by Autobinder and Al Plastino. Thank you for listening come back every month for Krypton's Last Daughter, a Supergirl podcast. To be honest, I'm not sure I've earned the right to wear this uniform. 
but I will.